podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast Extra here at Old Trafford where Palace have set a new record for the worst defeat, the worst start to a season ever. Um, the last record was set by Palace last week at, where were we last week, Man City. Uh, 4-0 to Man United in the end. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photography of weddings and more, visit mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Please visit the website because she's sponsored every pod so far this season after the games and she hasn't got a point or a goal yet and I feel very, very sad for her. I am joined by Chris Windsor. Hello. How are you doing? Very well, yourself? Uh, terrible. <laughs> and uh, Rob Warlow from the Void Advertiser again. How are you doing, mate? Not too bad. Really? Well, you know. We have to sit through that. So I was, we were in the press box today, weren't we, again? You did say 4-0 Palace before the game. So 4-0 you, Palace? I oh, know you didn't say 4-0 <laughs> No, never said that. 4-0 United, you did, you I, did call it. Did I, it go the way you expected today? I didn't expect Palace to succeed inside three minutes. That that was not great. <laughs> wasn't great. After that, they kind of grew into the game, didn't they? And, and yeah, they, they didn't really create much, Palace, but they, they, were, they settled down a little bit and I thought they were okay. They, it wasn't a, a terrible performance, but you know, again, conceding goals at the wrong time, just after half-time, you know, again... Killed it, killed it off, didn't it? So. I, um, I, I came out of it quite negative today, as, as I often do, Chris, but we were just chatting before the pod, and you're, you're fairly positive. There are, there are periods in the game, I mean, this is a Mourinho side that uh, has kind of developed over the past year, and, and you could tell there were essence of what he wanted. They got an early goal, and then they sat back for 20, 30 minutes, absorbed the pressure, and we looked good considering the lineup that we put out you know Bakary Sacco is not a striker yet I thought he played well he put his body on the line yeah. you know against two England international centre halves um, the midfield of Kabai Luca and uh, and Punchin obviously compared to the likes of Fellaini and Matic are tiny uh, but they were willing to throw their bodies on the line and that's the sort of thing that you know the fans were wanting to see you know I watched it from about row 20 and you want to see players just put you're 1-0 down, 2-0 down, whatever it is, still fight. The fans are still singing your names, you know, and we were the loudest bunch. So do you as think you often are at Old, Old Trafford. I mean, we'll get onto the fans later. I thought the Palace fans were unbelievable today, considering what we've been through this season. But do you think Palace fought enough today? Did they fight enough for you? In periods. Um, you saw, you know, Luca putting his body weight around and putting blokes on the floor, which is what you want to see. Sacco and Delaney sliding in. 
Um, but then they went missing for a five minutes here or three minutes there, and that was when United capitalised. You know, Joel Ward switching off and allowing Rashford to turn him inside out and leave him another postcode, and we're one 0 down after three minutes. Yeah. And their last goal, everyone kind of committing to the front post and leaving Lukaku, arguably the deadliest striker in the league, bar Harry Kane at the moment, with a free chance against probably the worst goalkeeper in the league at the moment. <laughs> there was I don't know if you've been on Twitter yet, Chris, but Robin I saw there's a picture of uh, the Hennessy with the eyes closed for Fellaini's second. That one, watching it in real time though, that was rocketed across the box and I don't think Fellaini knew what happened. I think he just hit him and, uh, and it went in. But against a team that had such aerial threat, I thought we were quite poor marking. I think they had a, a few chances that went over or you know narrowly went wide. Um, and that's probably more of an issue than kind of how we play. Defending from set pieces, you know, we had those, that issue under Pardew, and it's, you can see it slowly creeping back in, which is a worry given the fact that if you want players to be combative and fight, they're going to give away free kicks. We've got to learn to defend those free kicks and not give away silly goals. Yeah, and in fact, the Rashford one that for Fellaini was a silly free kick as well. Rob, what, what more can Roy do at the moment? Because he's got half his team out injured. He's got a team there that's battered with confidence. They're trying, but they're letting in early goals. They're letting in sloppy goals. I feel like there's no obvious answer as to what to do. No, I mean, we, we, I think it's been said on the podcast before, it's a bit of a perfect storm at the moment, isn't it? The injuries, the lack of confidence, you know, conceding goals as they are, it's going to take its toll. Obviously, playing against the likes of Man City, Man United in the last two weeks, Chelsea to come after the international break, it's... it's pretty harsh run for a team, any team you know but a team that is struggling it's not easy he's just got to keep going he said it in his press conference yesterday before the game that we've just got to keep plugging away keep working on what we're working on and, and hope that things do start to change I agree with him there's no magic wand to, to, to fix this and you know, they've got to keep bat- keep battling away hope that they get a lucky break here or there and you know if they can nick a goal that's a positive it's a start and then build from that it's it's all about putting building blocks in place I think at the moment you know the, the, there's no hiding from the, the start it's been terrible no goals you know that's that's a starting point defending better that's another starting point you know they've, they've got to do the basics right and then hopefully the results the performance and the results will come from it basics definitely I, I think you, we need to the players need to look at the position they're doing and just do that job you know we, the first goal Joe Ward his job as a right back is to stop the cross coming in yeah, Rashford, everyone knows he's got a right foot. He hasn't got that stronger left foot. And, you know, it was signposted which way he was going and, and still allowed it happen. Um, and I think we're, we're kind of taking risks in our own third. But when we get into kind of the, you know, the Man United end in this case sort of thing, have a pop, have yeah. a shot. Yeah. They might have two or three defenders in front of you, but it might hit their leg and it might the wrong foot keeper and go in because that's the sort of luck we're going to need to get the first goal. I think at times where we have possession and we look like, oh, we could get something here, we're almost like trying to become Arsenal and get that perfect goal of, right, I'll play it to him and then to him and then to him. Whereas, you know, you've got guys of, like Townsend and Kabai that have scored 25, 30-yard yeah, yeah. screamers in, in their career. Is that a lack of confidence then, that they're just not prepared to take on an effort? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the worry is that if, if say, we'd got 12, 13 points already and we had come here and been 2-0 down, I think Kabai and Townsend would have had pop shots at 25 yards. Yeah. The worry is that, obviously, we are after this elusive goal. They don't want the fans on their back with their wasting the one chance that we get and they're 25 yards out and having a ping. They want to get as close to the goal as possible 
to give us you know the, the best option. But we'd rather they had a go, wouldn't we? Surely that's better than nothing. I think so. There was a time in the second half when Baku Sako was surging forward, and you just thought, have a go. And yeah. you, you could hear the fans were screaming for him to have a shot. But instead, he tried to play a cute, cute little through ball to Johan Kabai, and the, bro- the, the move broke down. And you just think it's, it's just chances like that, you know, that, all right, it's not a clear cut chance, but 25 yards out, have a go. He's got a good shot on him, yeah. and he didn't. And therefore, you know, then I went, the fans didn't get on his back, there's no doubt in that. But it's, it's just those little things that they're not making quite the right choices in the right areas. And at the moment, it's just a. You know, it's a domino effect. Those little little things aren't happening, and it's happening all over the pitch, and therefore the results are going against them. The best chance we had today was when Sacco took it first time and forced the save out of, of De Gea sort of thing. I think it was our only three. shot on target. Probably, yeah, but you know, the ball came to him, and you can see everyone going, shoot, and he did. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't going to go in, you know, De Gea's a, a brilliant keeper and had his angles covered, but it forced a save that we got a throw-in or a corner out of, and then you look to capitalise from there, but do that three or four or five times in, in a game and then you're going to have more chances of getting the ball in attacking areas in the corners and I thought we looked you know Sacco's first the header went over from the first corner you give yourself more chance to get it in rather than as Rob was saying trying to play these cute deft passes to Johan Gabay um, who's they're not not the greatest player in running on to the ball you kind of it's what you want. You just want them to have shots. You want them to kind of, you know... It gets the, the fans up, doesn't it? It gets the it fans going yeah, a bit. Rob was saying about sort of building blocks. And, and Rob, I feel like you were on pod last week and even me on previous weeks, we had other people on. We talk about the same thing. It's like you say, basics. Uh, uh, going back to basics and just try, trying to do things properly. I feel like it's the same thing on each, on each week. But do you, Chris, can you see these building blocks happening? Can you, can you see positives from today? Some positives, Yeah. I mean, we're taking a realistic view at the fact that we haven't got our full strength side out. And Hodgson's mentioned, you know, that when Zaha comes back, he will naturally give us a lift. I think a 75% fit Wilfred Zaha would instantly get the get the fans singing, uh, and that may may be all it needs. The like we're saying, like we're always talking about what what do we need to do, the basics and all of that. There are positives in that. I thought Sacco defended well at times, um, and you can tell that he is now commanding the back line better. They, I thought they defended as a four better than we've done originally in the season. Um, I don't think we were kind of beaten behind as much as I thought we would. You get the likes of... Um, we're playing with Delaney, who you'd argue is our seventh-choice centre-half. You've got to cut them some form of slack. Um, and I thought he, he wasn't as bad as I expected today, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't, no. Um, um, uh, let's hear from Roy, as you were saying there. Um, this is what he said in his post-match press conference immediately after that game. No, um, but I thought we, I thought we acquitted ourselves in the periods in between the early goal in the first half and the early goal in the second half, reasonably well, um, or rather, sorry, the early goal in the first half to the second one, and then the third to the fourth. I thought there were similarities there in the two games and the way we acquitted ourselves, but it doesn't help, does it? You know, when you're losing, and you you you're that short of players as we are at the moment. You know, the quality players that could maybe help us out going forward offensively are, are not there so you're asking a lot of the players who you've put on the field to really test their defence 
and you're doing it from nil one and then nil two down. So you find yourself then asking questions of their character and resilience. Um, and I think personally, in, in in that in that respect, I don't I don't want to criticise them in any way. I think we took a few blows to the chin. You know, we lost Scott Dan yesterday, so Damien Delaney has to get drafted in because Tomkins is sick. We're playing a left winger from Wolves up front, the position he's never played before in his life because that's the centre forward we've got. Loftus-Cheek is injured. Uh, the, the young boy Tim Fossumenso, I thought we did quite well at Man City. Of course, he can't play. So, you know, you add all these things together, Wolves are and perhaps Suarez are still missing. So at the moment, I fear that we just have to accept that we are the boxer who's fighting in a weight class that he's not able to perhaps handle at this moment in time when you play Man City and Man United and you're going to take the blows to the chin and get knocked down. But I don't think we stayed on the canvas. I thought we tried to get ourselves up off there as best we could. Is it a case of getting through these games and never starting your job again? I mean, mm. it's difficult. To some extent it is, but funnily enough, I think that the... The lessons we're learning in these games and, 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 and the, the way the players are, in my opinion, attempting to respond to the work and the messages, that could, that could stand us in very, very good stead because we, we're not, we're not going to have 38 games against Man City and Man United. You know, and at the moment, these teams are actually getting good results and, and, and winning heavily against almost everyone they play against. So I think if we can, if, if we can stop the players doubting themselves too much and uh, keeping them relatively positive and looking forward to the matches ahead. Who knows, you might find that at the end of the season we'll look back on this terrible spell that we've been in and say, well, actually, that was, that was something which helped build the team and build the character that we're looking for to help us stay in the league. Roy, well, you mentioned Saka up front. He's a novice, obviously. Do you think having watched him today... Is the answer for the next few weeks? Because obviously you've got to do something with, mm. with Ben Tech Angel. Is he going to be a, a solution, you think? Well, quite frankly, we don't have many. I mean, you know, you saw the young boy come on, the lad from Margate. I mean, it's his first premiership game. He was signed from a non-league team a couple of years ago now, I think. So he's never even had a sniff of first-team football in that time. Came on for 15 minutes. But that's really my choice at the moment, or else it's back to the the 4-6-0 type uh, system where you don't play with any recognised centre forward and you use one of your midfield players. That's, that's the situation we find ourselves in. I'm not crying about it. I'm not complaining about it. I, I, I knew when I took the job that the centre forward position was going to be a problem because we had the misfortune not to get the signing we wanted through at the last minute of the transfer window. So that's something we've got to learn to live with. Um, and... Maybe Zahar, you know, who is a quality player, if he comes back fit, that might give us a bit more potency up front alongside Andros Townsend. And I thought there were times in the game today, and I mean, I don't know how you guys see the game. One sees the game one-eyed, you know. I, I'm not looking much at United. All I'm doing is watching Palace. But I thought there were certain periods in the game where our passing wasn't that bad and our composure on the ball was, was reasonable. But, of course, we didn't have that threat in the final third, that was the that was the problem. And of course, we're playing against a team who's got enormous threat in the final third, especially with you know the the strength of Fellaini and, and Lukaku and the enormous skills of the the Rashfords and the Martials and the Matters and the Mkhitaryan. So we're we're not just playing against a team in our league. I didn't think today, quite frankly, we were playing. A, we knew a team that was possibly out of our league, and all we could do was give it our best shot. And 
I can only hope that it was at least some sort of game for you guys to watch and you didn't think that it was a, a complete waste of time seeing us here as opponents. Is it, Roy, just in terms of playing, <coughs> playing United, just in his technical quality and everything, but it's one of the things that makes them very difficult to play against the sheer physical size of them. Yeah. And that you cannot bully yeah. them, really. Well, I mean, the thing is, the type of work that Jose does with the team is the type of work that we'd hope one day we'll be able to do with ours as well. But you need players who are prepared to work hard and show great energy and run back. And they were very, very quick to get behind the ball when they lost it. And that's something we're preaching, of course, and trying to work on. And there were moments, I thought, in the game where we, 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 we could do that. But, of course, we can't push up as high up the field as they can with their back four because, you know, <laughs> the pace of the United front players means that you couldn't give them as much space behind as you would need if you were going to put the type of pressure on the ball that they can put on the ball. Um, but at least I thought there were signs that we also tried to get back behind the ball and uh, when we didn't, on a couple of occasions, they made us pay for it with two of the goals. Do you think Fellaini has been unfair in the line? Well, I've always thought he was a good player. I thought he was a good player for David at um, David Moyes at Everton. I think he was an excellent signing and a really good player there. And, uh, I know Jose thinks very highly of him, so I don't know who maligns him. I mean, certainly Moyes doesn't malign him, and and and, and Mourinho doesn't malign well, him. So maybe possibly, the so, the well, maybe or maybe maybe he's quite happy as long as as long as people like Moyes and Mourinho are saying we think you're a great player. Maybe that's enough. Of him. Okay, thanks very much. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast Extra here at Old Trafford where Palace have lost 4-0. And we are sponsored by Miranda Jane. Oh, that guy's gone. Good. Um, we are sponsored by Miranda. We got joined by a very weird Palace fan uh, in the break. Um, by Miranda Jane Photography for professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Go to MirandaJanePhotography.co.uk. Now, um, in the first part, Skipper, you talked about the Palace fans there. I, I, we sold out the away end today, considering that was six defeats from the bounce before, before today and no goals. And I thought the Palace fans were unbelievable again. It's almost like the, the, the worst Palace are, not that they were that bad today, the worse the run is, the better Palace fans get. Yeah, and I think it typifies the kind of club that we have, that you look at all the dark moments, even in recent history, administration, threat of relegation, being written off the season we got promoted, you know, comparisons to Derby, which we're getting now, you know, ironically yeah. sort of thing. That is when the fans have been at their best. It's, I think we do well when it's an us-against-them mentality. We're kind of going back to, right, well, let's take 3,000, 4,000 away, wherever it is. I don't care if it's Barnsley on a Tuesday night. Let's sing. Let's make noise. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, myself kind of included, that when we had those kind of positive spells, we took things for granted, you know. We, were ex- we had Man United coming to us, and we were making, oh, well... Man United haven't done too well under Van Hal. We should be, be eating them, sort of thing. You know, it's Manchester United. You look at the trophies they've got, sort of thing. It's ridiculous for Palace fans to stay. Um, so I think, unfortunately, we've now gone back to the bad times, the negativity, and all of that, especially on social media. But the guys that are turning up in week in, week out are going. It's us against them, sort of thing. You can tell the players were trying and the effort was was there, but. 
the fans are behind them. Uh, credit to every single one that travelled today because tri- two trips to Manchester in two yeah. weeks sort of thing. The weather's not great. It's not a nice place to come. The stewards aren't particularly nice here, <laughs> as uh, a strongly worded email will go to them very shortly. But it's, what, what happened? So, well, um, we one old guy, bless him, I don't know what he said, probably something very bad, uh, got three police officers set on him and was ejected. However, right in front of me, I had a Man United fan that clapped every single Man United substitution and cheered. And when I raised it to the stewards for the third time, they went, oh, that's the guy you meant, despite the fact that he was probably standing as close to you I am now. So, Well, we are at Old Trafford, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Rob, you've done two trips to Manchester in the last two weeks, as have I. Um, and you've been covering Palace for some time. Is that, is that the best you've seen the Palace fans today? I mean, they were, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. You know, they, they kept seeing throughout out sang the, the United yeah. fans you know despite the fact of the scoreline yeah. we know the Palace fans are, are notoriously good wherever they go you know they, they do keep singing no matter how bad the, the game is going for, for the team I think the fact that they did sell out the away end today is testament to that support you know I mean it's it would be easy to not to decide not to come to this one thinking after last week are we realistically going to get anything Probably not. And that would have been correct assumption. It, yeah, it would have been. But I think you've got to give fans credit for that. It's you know, it's not it's not a short hop to, to Manchester. It's a, you know, we, we've done that trip on the, on the train twice. It's it's a long old day, and it's hard-earned cash that people are spending to come and support the team. At the moment, they're obviously not getting much in return in, in terms of goals, anything to cheer. But I think the the support has been second to none, and you've got to give the fans praise for that. What is what is the reaction going to be like when that first? Goal goes in this season. Oh, it will, you know, you hope it's at seller so everyone could yeah. enjoy it, sort of thing. But like I was saying, so, you know, this is not a, a, a cheap trip and it's not just up the road, sort of thing. But it almost makes, and um, you know, we're kind of on the dip of the Palace roller coaster that we've all been riding. That when we start going up again, hopefully, touch wood, sort of thing, moments like this you can look back on and say, oh, this was. This was, you know, alone losing five nil and then four nil consecutively weekends in Manchester. You know, last last season we lose four nil at home to Sunderland, but then a matter of weeks later beating Arsenal three nil at home, sort of thing. You know, it's what makes it worth it. It's why we travel up and down the country to football at, at the end of the day. We expect days that like this will happen, but. There's going to be positivity and there's going to be goals right around the corner, he says. I really <laughs> hope so. I really, really, really hope so. Um, good, chaps. Thanks very much for joining me on the post-match pod. Rod, good to have you again. No problem. I'll see you next week. Oh, we've got a week off. Oh, thank God for that. We've got a week off. A week where we can't lose. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> weekend. Let's give you thanks for being on, mate. Pleasure. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Um, to all the Palace fans at Rolf Hafford today, you are heroes, every single one of you, and keep the faith because it will turn around at some point we hope anyway the full length pod will be with you in a couple of days Uh, thanks for downloading this pod check us out on all the social media platforms at FYP Fanzine and we'll be with you again very soon keep the faith Palace fans hopefully it's going to get better My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.